G'day everyone, I'm your mate Nate. Strap yourself in for your weekly dose of money, politics and truth. Together, we look at high-impact stories that you may have heard of, but have never truly been told. From historic Kerry Packer tales to longer deep dives into the true origins of the welcome to country phenomenon. I'm your mate Nate, and get ready to rethink the way you look at the world around you. Barry Minko was a teenage prodigy who built a multi-million dollar empire from his parents' garage. But what seemed like a fairy tale success story quickly unraveled into a web of lies and deceit. From crazy headlines to jaw-dropping jail time, this guy's life is nothing short of a blockbuster movie. In fact, he's even had a movie made after him. Throw in a dose of religious redemptions and you've got one of the most complex con men in history. Strap yourselves in. I'm your mate Nate, and welcome to the roller coaster life of Barry Minko, the real King of Con. Barry Minko wasn't your average teenager. Whilst most kids his age were focused on school and socialising, Baz had much bigger ambitions. Born in Inglewood, California to a Jewish family, Baz was raised in the Reseda area of San Fernando Valley. His first intro into the working world was at the age of nine, where his mum got him a job at the carpet cleaning business she worked at. Tired of just making pocket change, one night in his parents' garage at the age of 16, Baz decided he can clean carpets himself. And so he began, calling it Z-Best Carpet Cleaning. An unlicensed Baz would rely on his mates to drive him to carpet cleaning jobs between school. But very quickly, the bank found out about his age and closed the company account. Pretty soon, customers were getting annoyed as Baz started cutting corners to save money and wasn't able to pay off the loans for the equipment he bought. All of a sudden, it seemed like the business was just going to be one of those failed kids' lemonade stands. But Baz wasn't an ordinary kid. Determined to make things work, he began selling his grandmother's jewellery, making insurance claims on fake break-ins, and used fraudulent credit cards to keep the business afloat. And Big Bad Baz's determination was about to pay off. Through some family connections, Baz met a claims adjuster named Tom Paget. A claims adjuster is essentially the guy who determines the extent of an insurance claim, helping determine how much the insurance company needs to pay out. With Tom by his side, Baz's company would secure several large contracts for restoration projects, where Z-Best carpet cleaning would be hired on behalf of insurance companies to fix up damaged buildings. This new venture allowed Baz to secure loans and rapidly expanded his company across southern California. By 1985, Baz had graduated high school and the insurance restoration division accounted for a staggering 86% of the company's revenues. However, the accounts weren't showing green. The company was still bleeding money and Baz couldn't get any other loans unless he got his hands dirty. So Baz approached a guy called Jack Caton. Caton was a Los Angeles businessman with ties to the mob, but more importantly for Baz, Caton was a loan shark. Baz would get his money, but if he didn't pay back his loan and the staggering 20% interest, he would find himself with three mobsters and a baseball bat at his door. Baz had gone all in, but how long would he last? As Barry navigated the treacherous waters of loan sharks and mob connections, he realised he needed a bigger play to keep the ship afloat. Enter the NASDAQ. 
Baz had a plan to take his cleaning company public. Pretty crazy, especially for a 19-year-old with a company built on shaky foundations. But with the help of a few well-placed connections and some creative accounting, Baz managed to pull it off. Z-Best went public. And suddenly, the teenager found himself at the helm of a company valued at 200 million bucks. The stock soared and Baz became a media darling. He was featured on talk shows, business magazines, and even got a spot on the Oprah Winfrey show. The world was his oyster and Baz was slurping it down. But behind the scenes, the situation was dire. You remember those restoration projects that accounted for 86% of the business? Well, they didn't exist. Instead, Barry had enlisted the help of Tom Paget to create a series of shell companies and phony paperwork to make it all look legit. Now, to keep the SEC and auditors at bay, Baz had to spin an even more complex web of deceit. He even went as far as renting out entire floors of buildings and staging them to look like work sites just for the benefit of the auditors. Meanwhile, Jack Caton was growing impatient. The loan shark's money was tied up in stock and he was starting to ask questions Baz couldn't answer. In a desperate move, Baz tried to merge Zbest with a legitimate company, hoping to shore up his crumbling empire with some actual assets. Negotiations began, and for a moment, it looked like Baz might pull off one last Houdini act. But sadly for Baz, the truth was simmering below the surface. A local newspaper started digging into the company's restoration projects and found nothing but empty buildings and unanswered questions. And pretty soon the SEC launched an investigation and Barry tried to control the narrative frantically, holding press conferences and claiming he was the victim of a smear campaign. But it was all too late for Baz. The company's stock price evaporated overnight and Barry's empire, once valued at 200 million, went kaput. All of a sudden, in a courtroom in handcuffs, the mountain of evidence was too much to climb. He had no choice but to plead guilty, and in 1988, at the age of 22, he was sentenced to 25 years in federal prison for fraud. His youthful face and tailored suits were replaced by a prison jumpsuit, and it looked like he would rot behind bars. But as mentioned, Big Baz was cut from a different cloth. Babyface Baz became a jailhouse informant, offering tips to law enforcement in exchange for a reduced sentence. It seemed that Barry Minko was always looking for an angle, always plotting the next big payday, and in prison, it would pay off. Just six years later, Baz would be released and seemingly settle down as a Christian pastor, as a true man of faith. It looked like he was turning his life around, but as the old adage goes, once a criminal, always a criminal. After his release from prison, Baz would take up the mantle of a Christian pastor at the Community Bible Church in Chatsworth, California. He seemingly had a genuine desire to turn his life around and help anyone else who needed it. Baz was a changed man, or at least that's what he wanted everyone to believe. He garnered media attention again, this time as a man who'd turned his life around and was now fighting the very fraud he'd once perpetrated. He was a regular guest on Christian TV shows and his sermons were filled with criticism against the evils of dishonesty. Baz's life was also attracting the producers from Hollywood, with a film featuring the likes of Mark Hamill, Justin Baldoni and Talia Shire. The film's title would be fittingly called Con Man. But behind the scenes, Barry was cooking up a new kind of scam. Baz, who had had his sentence shortened thanks to being a prison informant, then thought, 
Why not make this into a business? So he started the Fraud Discovery Institute, appointing himself as the fraud investigator who would investigate illegal practices and report it to the public and authorities. That the reports were bogus. Instead, Barry would short sell stocks of companies that he was investigating and would release reports on. The stocks would plummet and Barry would make a killing. Homebuilder Lennar would be one of his victims where his reports caused the stock to plummet from $11.57 a share to $6.55 a share in just two weeks. Each time Minko did this, he'd make thousands of bucks thanks to shorting. But his real money-making scheme was the church. It would be revealed that Baz had been stealing church donations for himself, with one woman donating over 300,000 bucks to help fund his movie. Also among his victims was a widower who gave $75,000 to supposedly help a hospital in Sudan and another woman who donated another 300,000 bucks to help teenagers. During his time as a pastor, it would be revealed that Minko stole a shocking 3 million bucks from his own church. It didn't take long again for the authorities to sniff him out, and pretty soon, facing a mountain of evidence and the collapse of his double life, Baz had no choice but to plead guilty again. In 2011, he was sentenced to five years in federal prison for conspiracy to commit securities fraud and embezzlement. The man who'd once claimed to be a vessel of redemption was now exposed as a perpetual con artist. But even in his downfall, Baz remained a paradox. He authored books and articles from prison, warning others about the dangers of fraud and the importance of ethical conduct. It was as if he couldn't help but be the character in his own cautionary tale, a man forever straddling the line between redemption and deceit. Barry Minko remains an enigma, a man whose life is plagued with contradictions. He had the world at his feet, lost it all, found God, then lost himself again. One thing's for sure, his story is one of the most captivating tales in fraud history. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you're a new listener, we've got episodes coming out every Tuesday and Thursday morning. Can't wait to catch you in the next one, guys.